Hi, my name is Sarah Tran. And this is Megha Jan. And we are Technology. So what flavor of tea are you drinking today? I'm back to my good old green tea. You know, it's been a stressful past week or two uh, with college starting and, you know, a lot of club recruitment going on. So just going to use this to relax. Yeah, on my end, it's been so hot here in California. I mean, it reached almost 115, 119 degrees. Um, So today I'm just kicking it back with a good cup of iced green tea. Sarah, have you watched the show Upload? No, I haven't. Maybe you can download me on it. Okay, bet. Yeah, so any of our listeners uh, who have not watched the show, and I guess Sarah as well, uh, Upload is basically an Amazon Prime original that was released earlier this year. It's a sci-fi series, and it's based around the concept of uploading the human consciousness after death. That's really crazy. Like, first of all, what even is human consciousness, and how do you even tap into that and save it? That's a great question. And you know what? I think I finally have the answer to it. I think the answer lies in Elon Musk's newest innovation, the Neuralink. Yeah, so in case you guys haven't heard about it yet, today we're going to be going over everything that you need to know about Neuralink, which could potentially be the future of not only technology, but the way that we operate as human beings. I think that's a very true sentiment, Sarah. When I was watching the Neuralink demo, it took place on Friday, August 28th, I felt literal chills go through my body because I have never seen anything like it. And frankly, I did not imagine that I would be a teenager when technology like this came out. Yeah, the demo was pretty awesome. Could you tell us more about what went down exactly? Yeah, so before we start getting right into the demo, I think we should do a quick rewind to 2017. 2016 is a year that Elon Musk founded Neuralink, and at the time it was a stealth startup. No one knew really what was going on, except for the fact that it was going to try to change the way we view human cognition and the way that we interact with each other. And more details started emerging later on over the years. Um, In 2017, there was this really quirky MIT Technology Review article that came out, and it basically talked about the fact that someone had made a deal with uh, the people at Neuralink and sold the name Neuralink to them without knowing who he was selling it to. And he later on realized that he sold it to Elon Musk. That is so crazy. Imagine having a name and just selling it to, you know, Elon Musk casually. Yes. So this guy, his name is uh, Pedram Mosseini. Uh, He's actually a professor at Case Western Reserve University. Uh, and he was pretty shocked to realize what Elon Musk had in store for this name that he had coined uh, just a few years ago. Right, and that's why the other day, or August 28th to be more specific, when Elon Musk finally came out with more than just an announcement, but also a real live demo that people could watch, and it was like around two hours or so, that's why it was really shocking. Yeah, so this was a highly anticipated demonstration. People have been looking forward to it since July 2019, when Elon Musk very publicly announced that Neuralink uh, had plans in place for creating a brain machine interfacing uh, module, basically. 
And it was super exciting because there are a lot of people who have been working in this industry for a while, but none as enterprising as Elon Musk. And everything he puts his hand into, it always ends up just being so innovative. And I think everyone was waiting to see what the twist on this one would be. Exactly. That's why there's so much hype. So with Neuralink, right now it's not as advanced. It's only on version one. So it's not nowhere where it could potentially be. However, everyone's talking about it. You know, they're saying that some implications include, um, you know, being able to read other people's minds, being able to communicate, save and store our own memories from the past, which I think is pretty incredible. And I love the way that, that Elon Musk describes it. He describes it as a Fitbit in your skull, but with tiny wires. But I think that begs the question, what is a Neuralink? And that's definitely something I was asking myself going into the demonstration on Friday. Essentially, Neuralink is a 23 by 8 millimeter implant that goes into your skull. So they literally drill a hole into your skull. That's where this implant goes. It's really, really small. You can hold it on your fingertip. And it has these wires, basically, these electrodes stemming out of it that are about five micrometers thick, which is actually less than the thickness of a human hair. If you might be wondering what's the purpose of it, the way that Elon Musk describes it is that it cuts out the middleman. So when you ideate something or when you think of something, normally you would need to communicate that via words. So in the case of this podcast, for example, we have to consciously think about our sentences and fragments and just ways that sounds very succinct so that you guys can receive it as another person. However, with something like Neuralink, one big potential application of it is that we will no longer have to deal with the bandwidth issues, so the things that connects two units together, but rather how do we instantly transfer an idea or something that's going on within one person's brain or their head into another person's. The other big application really and problem that Neuralink can solve is that it upgrades our human storage and processing power. So right now we're limited. We're not computers. We can't just calculate and crunch numbers off the top of our minds unless you know, you're mega or something. But in case you're not mega, like I am, it can allow us to have better memorization capabilities and processing capabilities. Yeah, so how exactly does Neuralink manage to do that? Well, the fact of the matter is, simply put, it's just tracking the electrical signals in our brains. The electrical signals, our synapses are constantly shooting off in order to communicate with each other. And Neuralink is just attempting to better understand these electrical signals. Essentially, it uses a flexible cellophane-like conductive wire, uh, which is inserted into the soft tissue of your brain. And it kind of works by using a sewing machine. I just like to plug in my college, UC Berkeley, because there's actually a UC Berkeley professor, uh, Michael Maharbiz, um, and he was one of the founding Neuralink members who worked on this technology. So yeah, these are some really exciting things about Neuralink. But I think a lot of people were wondering, there are other contenders in this industry working on uh, brain machine interfaces or brain computer interfaces. So what sets this one apart from the others, Sarah? So at the moment, the FDA has some currently improved Parkinson's devices that are quite similar to Neuralink. However, functionally and capacity-wise, they're actually drastically, if not exponentially different. There are things that exist, such as DBS or deep brain stimulation systems, and these are designed to modulate activities in our brain. However, what really distinguishes them from Neuralink is that they are not able to transfer information to and from 
So the way that Elon Musk likes to describe this is that Neuralink will one day allow us to both read information from our brain and write. And that write feature is really interesting because that, that means that you can now, you know, for example, let's say you're controlling something on your phone, app, or Bluetooth, you can transport or transfer data from your phone into your own mind. Wow, I absolutely love that. And, you know, this technology is truly fascinating because the electrodes that are part of the Neuralink are essentially relaying these neural pulses uh, to the surface of your skull. And it's actually able to pick up information from up to 1,536 different channels in your brain, which opens up an endless amount of possibilities. And with the current technologies and FDA-approved devices that are used for Parkinson's and that are quite similar to Neuralink, there's actually around only four to eight electrodes in them. And this is compared to Neuralink's goal of getting 1,024. So just think about how exponentially large that difference in magnitude is. Wow, that is literally quite an insane exponential difference. But I think that kind of brings us to the second part of this demonstration. I mean, it's great that this technology finally exists now. Elon Musk is heading it as per every you know, innovative thing out there. Um, and it's really cool that we have a surface level understanding of how it works, but how exactly did they end up demoing it? And I think this is really interesting because they actually used pigs, three pigs to be specific. So the way that people like to create this analogy around it is that you have the three little pigs that are being tested on, and then you have the big bad wolf. So the notorious Elon Musk himself. Yeah, so the big bad wolf basically had three pigs in front of him in different pens. Um, and the whole reason that they decided to use pigs is because pigs are actually quite similar to humans in the sense that their brains are quite large relative to other animals. Uh, our brains are only 7.5 times larger than theirs. Um, but more than that, their brains are gerencephalic and so are human brains, uh, which essentially means that the outside wrinkles on our brains match those of pigs and a lot of other species um, such as you know rodents um, and just a lot of other animals with smaller brains usually have smooth surfaces. Yeah so with a demo there were three tests. First was with one pig that didn't have any Neuralink, it was just there to sort of act as a control variable. The second one was one that had Neuralink installed for a temporary period and then afterwards it was removed. And lastly you have the infamous Gertrude, which this was the pig that had Neuralink installed or implanted and had it left in there for the actual demonstration. So Gertrude was being pretty moody. Uh, Elon Musk was trying to get her to face the audience and essentially demonstrate how Neuralink reads the signals within her brain, but she wasn't having it at first. So he went ahead and started demonstrating how the pig that had Neuralink installed previously uh, was now acting once this implant had been removed. And surprisingly, this pig actually was acting really normal. There was no seemingly huge difference between the way it was running around its little pen uh, as compared to the pig that never had Neuralink installed whatsoever. So clearly this implant, even after being surgically removed, doesn't seem to have any at least short-term effects on this pig's brain. Yeah, but to but to pivot back to Gertrude, who I think is the real star of the show, with Neuralink implanted, 
uh, people were actually able to look at some of the neural activity going on within the brain. So the four categories that were distinctly measured were with regards to shoulder, elbow, carpal, and trotter. And what was really surprising to me was just the sheer accuracy of the actual uh, neural activity that correlated with each of these categories to the actual predicted number. And it was pretty much spot on. Yeah, usually actual and observed data has a pretty big difference, especially considering that this technology has, it's only been in development for the past, you know, four years. So I think that's been a pretty significant step forward for them. And now they also have uh, FDA approval actually to begin human testing. Honestly, I think we're all just really excited to see when Neuralink can finally be deployed in human testing and, you know, where we can actually see it come to fruition. But on that note, what are some of the applications or implications of Neuralink to humans? I think the coolest part about this is really what it can accomplish in the future. As of now, Neuralink is obviously in its very beginning stages, and they're only really using it for tracking electrical signals and just kind of mind mapping is the way I like to think of it. They're just figuring out what signals respond to what activity in your brain. But in the future, this can have applications literally anywhere you can imagine, um, from augmented or virtual reality to actually fixing disabilities and neurological disorders such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, you know, regaining limb function, helping people with paralysis, even like telepathy and connecting with your Tesla. Yeah, and one of the other really big applications is with Neuralink to AI or artificial intelligence. And we all know that Elon Musk has some very strong opinions on AI, but I really love this sort of iconic quotation of, of Elon Musk or from Elon Musk, where he says, or he tweeted, that if you can't beat them, join them. And so he says that he actually wants to coin this as the mission statement for Neuralink, as in if you can't beat robots or if you can't, you know, you can't outcompete computers, then uh, essentially try to join them, merge your minds with them. I find that hilarious. I think it's it's really funny. Something you wouldn't really expect from Elon Musk, but I think he does see the importance of, uh, you know, using artificial intelligence in brain-computer interfacing. I mean, they're really not mutually exclusive. You just have to at some point. But yeah, I think the coolest part of this, though, is going back to, you know, upload. You can literally use this to capture the human consciousness. Whether that's your thoughts or your dreams or, you know, the, your state of mind, literally feelings that you have, we can finally start to understand what the feeling of love looks like electrically, what the feeling of anger looks like, what sadness and grief look like. And I think that's so crazy because once you start mapping people's consciousness or you get really black mirror-y and start, you know, capturing people's memories, that's when we get into some real sci-fi stuff. Yeah, so the weirdest thing about this presentation was that the purpose wasn't to raise funding, it wasn't to, you know, generate investors or anything like that, but it was simply to recruit talent. So, I mean, if you're interested, Neuralink is recruiting. So they're just looking to recruit really an all-star team of people who can create the future quite literally. And it's interesting because it is a really intense work environment from what I've heard. You know, Elon Musk is that kind of person who is a demanding CEO. He works really long hours. He puts in 
a lot of his time and energy into everything that he heads and creates and he expects his employees to do the same. So it's quite amazing that these people have been able to keep up with that pace. In fact, as of now, Neuralink uh, doesn't really have, uh, actually as of now, Neuralink only has three of the original eight scientists who started working on it who are still in the company. So it'll be interesting to see who comes on board, the challenges they face, and how they're able to basically race against time because the technology hasn't evolved to the point yet where all of what we're saying can become a reality. So it'll be really interesting to see how the tech follows our demands. But yeah, with everything we've talked about in this episode, there's a lot to consider both on the positive end and in the end that we still have a lot to explore with this potential applications. But I guess I want to leave you guys off on this question. Having heard everything about Neuralink, would you ever consider having a Neuralink implant installed into your brain or into your skull? That's a pretty spicy question to be asking, Sarah. And you guys go ahead and head on to Twitter if you'd like or Instagram and feel free to answer this question and use hashtag Technology Tuesdays to be a part of this awesome conversation. But with that, thank you so much for tuning in and make sure to check in to our next Technology Tuesday episode. Mm-hmm.